attempt to preach. I don't know. Do anything. I like to. Uh, I'm always praying. If you're those that came up. Uh, and while we was praying, I saw uh, a shepherd carrying a lamb. And the scripture that came to me, he left the safety of the 90 and the 9 and went out for the one lost lamb. I don't know who it's for, but I feel like that somebody, that the Lord has gone out for that lost lamb. There's a lost lamb out there and he's gone to get. And, uh, and I, I believe more than one, if we continue to pray and seek the Lord, that God will reach the bless. And uh, that the Lord will have his way. I, I feel like that. God's got uh, some that he's gone after. And uh, if we'll continue to pray and seek the Lord, that we can be an instrument to help get those lambs back into the fold with the help of the Lord. I believe God's able to do that. If you would, you like to turn to the Bible, so I don't know if I'll say a whole lot. Uh, just uh, kind of listen this uh, uh, this evening. I just happened. This came to my mind about something that I had uh, worked up here just a few, weeks, a few days ago the Lord had given me. And uh, with the help of the Lord, there's a song that Brother Andy and Sister Regina sing about uh, I made him at the altar and, uh, and how that, that brings a change. And uh, what I would like to tonight, if it's possible, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach a little bit about meeting him, meeting Jesus. And uh, we're living in a land and a society nowadays that uh, they got everything else on their mind but meeting Jesus. They're out to look for everything that they possibly can find, every gimmick and every gadget and every gizmo that's, uh, that's ever been invented that's out there, and they're seeking for those things and all those uh, things that seem like to bring them pleasure. But one of the greatest things that, that I've ever read about, one of the greatest things that I've ever experienced, was meeting Jesus. And uh, with the help of the Lord, I'd like to just for just a few minutes. I don't know how long I'll be. Probably won't be very long. Uh, but I'd like to be able to find the will of the Lord and preach what God would give me, preach what's on my heart. And uh, if you'd like to, turn with your Bibles to the 8th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. And while you're turning, I want to kind of just give us a, a little bit of... Uh, uh, history or a little bit of a uh, sequence of events that had occurred. From the time that the Gospel of uh, Matthew was written, uh, we know that the first part of it was dealing with the birth of Christ. Then in the third chapter, as we read about uh, John the Baptist coming on to the scene and being the one who, uh, who was a uh, forerunner to Christ. And, uh, and in that chapter, as it got toward the end of it, as we, as we read and See the sequence of events. Just prior to that, God had tempted, had put, uh, had allowed God. God had allowed uh, John to be able to preach about the one who's coming, whose shoes that he was not able to unlatch. And uh, John, being his cousin, John, being the one that 
was uh, just a few months older, but God allowed him time to go and preach about the one that was to come. Amen. And then after that time that had passed, there came a, a very important and a very significant time. John, and we know that John was the Baptist. He was not a Baptist. He was the Baptist. John went about preaching repentance and baptizing in the river. Then came one day this man walking down by the water. John was there preaching and baptizing as he always did. Amen. And uh, this man came upon him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God cometh who taketh away the sins of the world. See, John knew him because it was his cousin also. But John saw something that day that he had never saw before. When he saw him walking toward him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. He really met Jesus that day. He really had met him. He knew of him. He had preached of him. But on that day that when, uh, uh, when he approached that water, he met Jesus. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly why he was there. He was the Son of God. He was the one that was, that was going to take away the sins of the world. And he brought him down to the water. And John was so overwhelmed. He said, I need to be baptized of you. But Jesus said, no. He said, you need to baptize me. So he took him into the water. And, and the story went on. And he told about that as he did and as he submerged him into the water. And when he came up to say the Spirit of God came down upon him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. And then the next thing that happened, this is the sequence of events that happened rapidly. And just immediately after that, God led him into the spirit, into the wilderness to be, to be, uh, for, to be there for 40 days and 40 nights fasting. Then after that fasting, that uh, Satan came and tempted him three times during that time. And then, after that, he went up on and saw a great multitude. And he went up and sat up on the mount. And he began to say the words that is known to us as the Sermon of the Mount. He began to lay a foundation uh, uh, that was to be from then on. He laid a foundation that had discussed and discovered everything that was necessary from that moment on through the walk of time that, that he was going to be on earth. And all the things that were surrounding his new grace dispensation. And, uh, and a lot of them probably didn't realize what he was doing. But he began to tell them, and you can read those three chapters. It's got everything in those chapters that will set us on a good, solid foundation. And when Jesus got through teaching those, uh, those uh, words, and when he got through telling all about it, he talked about prayer, he talked about forgiveness, he talked about the things that were necessary about being a city set on a hill. He talked about being the salt of the earth. He talked about all those things that would be important. For, uh, for man to, to walk the way that he, he was laying forth. And then after all the teachings and all the things that he'd done, he sat down there and, and after that he talked to him. He said here in, uh, in verse 28 of, the, of the chapter 7, and I'm going to read on in a little bit in verse 28, uh, verse uh, chapter 8. It says, And it came to pass when Jesus was ended, his saying, the people were astonished at his doctrines. For he taught as one of them having authority and not as the scribes. See, what you got to understand is that they've been hearing the scribes. 
They've been hearing the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and all those uh, religious teachers of the day. And they were telling them the things that uh, ought to be and how it ought to do and what, what's necessary. But then this one came along and he began to preach about some things that, uh, that was uh, kind of out of the ordinary to them. It was different than what they had heard. Uh, they wasn't hearing anything about, uh, about uh, the things that they should do and how that they should kind of conduct themselves uh, in a certain manner, in certain ways. And, uh, and they were astonished because on that mount they met Jesus. They met Jesus on the mount. A man of having authority, not like the scribes, not like those that uh, uh, they were teaching the law. Not like any of them, there was something different about this man. There was something different that, that when the words came out of his mouth, sounded different than it did when the Pharisees and the scribes began to preach. It even sounded different than the high priest when he began to talk. These things that coming out of this man's mouth were different than anything that he had ever heard and that they had ever, ever could imagine. But there was something different about him. Then in verse 8, chapter 8 of, of uh, uh, verse 1 of chapter 8 of Matthew. Now, this is what I like to try to preach on just for a little while with the help of the Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we praise you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord.
जो भाई लोग If I could, just to read just a little more. It says, And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See that see thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, and grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And he went on to say, and I don't want to read too much of that, immediately after he left the mount. It says he was met by one with leprosy. Leprosy in that day was a dreaded disease. 
uh, and we read the stories and understand how that they uh, treated those with leprosy. When you had leprosy, you had to be uh, a far distance, certain distance away from everybody else because it was such, it was such a highly contagious disease. But then there was this one who just came off the mount after been teaching and, and telling the people the things that were necessary. There came one, and he would begin to walk down toward off the mountain. This one met him with leprosy. And he says, if thou wilt, thou can make me whole. Thou can make me clean. And you know what the word of God said? He said, I will. I will. Because the leopard met Jesus. The leopard met Jesus, and he said, I will. Be thou clean. And he went on to say, and then there was the one of the, uh, the centurion of the Capernaum who uh, came and he was a man of authority and, and did all the things. And he said, if you could just speak the word, that, that my servant will be made whole. See, he, he had met him. He realized that this man that, that uh, had been hearing all the things about and the Sermon of the Mount and all that, you remember Jesus had just got started into his, uh, into, into his official ministry. He had just gotten started doing the things that God had commanded him to do. He had just got started at the age of 30. There was a, a lapse of 18 years from the time that we've heard, last heard of this man called Jesus. 18 years had went by without hearing anything or seeing anything recorded in the Word of God about him. And now he is arisen on the scene about the time that, that, uh, that God has had ordained. There is an ordained time. And there is an ordained place in where we can meet Jesus. There are those of us that were lost without God. There came a time that God had an ordained time that we were going to meet his son. I met him outside of the church house one night. Uh, uh, church was uh, going on one Sunday night. We was in here, and I don't even remember who was preaching. It was a visitor preacher. And, uh, and one night we came in, sat in the back, and uh, it might have been, I know it was a missionary. I'm not sure if it was Brother Snowden or not. Not certain. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, that night, after we were here for a while, and uh, we decided to leave, and after that we came back before church was over, got out there and just got to talking, and, and uh, just something began to work and began to deal. And uh, the next thing you know, something here in the heart is going to die lost without God. I met him out there. I realized then and right there that there's something had to be done. And when I met Jesus and I made my way to the altar, and I began to kneel and to pray and to seek the Lord. And, uh, and he went on to say, and, and, uh, and uh, during this time that, uh, that, uh, that the Lord was beginning just to walk off of the mount, and this is just one journey that he was making. One of the many that he would make. He began to walk off of this mountain. And uh, he met the centurion uh, and said to speak thy word. And he went on to tell him that he's seen no, no such faith, no greater faith than uh, in Israel. And he went on to uh, that. And then he went down to another part. Uh, then he went to here. That he entered on to a shield. And it says, And when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest of the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered from the waves, but, it was, but he was asleep. 
And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And they said unto him, Why are ye so why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith, and when he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. Picture the story and picture the scene and the situation there, a great tempest, a great storm had just risen up on the ship that Jesus was on. He was out into the mist and, uh, and uh, uh, going to the other side of the, uh, of the sea. And uh, there he was, and a great storm arose, and they came and woke him up. And when he came up to it, and when the storm met Jesus, even the storm had to cease because it met Jesus. When the storm met Jesus, it had to quit doing what it was doing. When it met him that the, the waves that were raging and the wind that was blowing stopped blowing and stopped the raging. The seas became calm because it had met Jesus. And uh, can you imagine? And it went on a little more. Just uh, as soon as he got to the other side of this, he came to another place. And said that when he had come to the other side into the country of the, of the Genesaries, that there, there met he too possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no man might pass by the way. Can you imagine two men so mean and so fierce and so possessed of devils that nobody would even go by those tombs? I'd say it was probably was in the talk of the town and, and as everybody was coming and the strangers would enter in and and they would give them the direction say, now you go this way, but don't go by that direction because there are two out there that are possessed of devils. And if you go there, they'll, they'll, they'll destroy you. Don't go that way. You take this route around there. Don't go near those tombs because of those two men there. They're so fierce that the, uh, that the enemy and that nobody, not one would go out near them because of the, uh, the, the fierceness of them. But there came one, came walking, and behold, they cried out, saying, we, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us, torment us before our time? Even though that they were so fierce, even though that they were so uh, 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 demonic, filled with the, spirit, with the uh, spirit of the devil, they were in such... Uh, 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 a state that they were totally possessed. They were so strong and, and so mighty that no one would even come near them. But then this man came walking by one day just out toward them and he didn't even have to introduce himself to them because I can tell you tonight there's not an angel, uh, there's not a fallen angel, there's not a demon in hell that doesn't know who Jesus is. They know exactly who he is and when these two came out, that these spirits that were in them recognized him as being the Son of God. They recognized him as who he was. Because at that day, those two men met the one that was going to deliver them from the bondage that they were in. Can you imagine being so bound in sin that you couldn't even have your own faculties? That you were not even in control of your own thoughts and your own uh, actions. Can you imagine being that way? The word that you didn't even know what you was even doing. And when an enemy, uh, when somebody was coming around, that you would uh, uh, try your best to destroy them, to kill them, and not even realizing what you were doing. But that man came by one day, and when they began to meet him, 
And no, no sooner, he did not say one word to them. He did not introduce himself. But he looked at them, and they looked at him, and they said, Oh, oh, the Son of God, what have thou to do to us if it's not our time? And he went on to say unto them, and he spoke one word to these men. One word. He did not tell them who he was. He didn't have to do anything. But they came in and they knew exactly when he approached them what was going to happen. They knew. They knew because the, uh, the demons in hell that once were the angels in, of God had fallen knew exactly that he was the Son of God. They knew exactly that uh, this man that was there and, and why he was there. And, uh, and he didn't even have to do nothing. But they said, uh, let us go over there into that herd of swine. And the only word he spoke to those men was, go. And those spirits left them because they met Jesus. They met him along the way. They met Jesus there at, at those tombs. That uh, he delivered them from the bondage that, uh, uh, that they were in. He delivered them from the sins and the things that, uh, that had them bound. And, uh, and he was the one who led them and put them on the road that, that uh, from there on, they were in the right mind and doing the right things. And everything was just fine because they met Jesus along the way. Because they met him along the way. I got a few more. I can find them real quick. <coughs> Jesus came onto the scene. And there's many, 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 many places that you can read about men and women who met Jesus. We read about a lot of people who met him along the way. We read about those that uh, came in contact with him and all the things that, uh, that he had done. And, uh, you know, and there are those that believed him and there are some of those who didn't because they didn't meet him. They didn't meet him. They became acquaintances to him, but they didn't really meet him. They didn't really know him for who he is and for what it was. If I can find him, I'd like to read just a little bit. And while I'm searching for this, there was a young man one day came to Jesus. He, he had pretty well everything worked out. He, he had it all. He, he knew exactly what he needed, what he had. He came to Jesus one day, you know, and uh, he asked the Lord, he said, what must I do uh, to, uh, to, be, to have the kingdom of heaven, have, have eternal life? And uh, he was concerned about this because he knew who Jesus was. And uh, he brought him there. He asked him these que this questions. He said, well, uh, he said that uh, obey the, keep my commandments. He said, I've kept them all the time. Since my youth up, I've kept the commandments. And uh, he laid forth all those things. And, uh, you know, 
He brought those and he laid them before the Lord. He said, yeah, I see these commandments. I kept them. But there was one thing that was not quite, and the Lord realized that. He knew that because he knows all. And, uh, and he said, but sell what thou have, has and give it to the poor. And uh, the Bible says that he went away sorrowful because he had much possession. He had a lot of he had a lot of goods. He had a lot of good stuff. And, uh, and to require him to give up that, he really hadn't met the Lord. A lot of times people fail to do what God would ask them to do because they want to withhold something from him. They're wanting to keep something back. They're wanting to just give enough of, the, of themselves unto the Lord that... Uh, uh, they would think that that would be just enough. But, but the thing about it is, and it's for all of us, and it's including me, sometimes God wants to give us more than we want to give Him. Sometimes we want to hold back just enough. I mean, it ain't nothing bad. I mean, it ain't nothing that's, uh, uh, that would be of uh, anything. But if it's what God wants out of us, if that's what He's wanting, and if we really were to meet Him at an altar, and begin to pray and to seek the Lord like, uh, like we ought to. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people uh, fail to, to uh, understand what God's all about because that they don't want to commit themselves unto the Lord because that they're afraid that uh, uh, they may have to let, let, uh, give up some things or uh, quit doing some things or, or uh, uh, change their, their way of living and their lifestyles. And, and, uh, and you know, that's true. It does happen. Sometimes we have to change our lifestyles a little bit. Sometimes we have to uh, do some things that, that are a little different. And uh, sometimes, but because that, uh, see if this young man wanted to go to heaven bad enough, that possessions would not have been an obstacle in his way. But if he really had met Jesus at that altar, if he had really had determined that, that the one that he was meeting was the one who held the key to eternal life. Then he would have been one to, uh, to whatever those possessions was. And he would just sit here. You take these and, and use them whatever it is. See God most of the time all he's asking of us. From us. Is us. And, and he's not requiring us to go out and do some great uh, uh, feats of, uh, uh, of heroics. He just wants us to meet him on his terms, at his place. And, uh, and if we'll do that, I'll guarantee you that God will provide of, uh, to us. Oh, it may not be real popular with the, uh, uh, with the, with the, you know, the school crowd. It may not be popular on the job. It may not be popular uh, uh, in the society circles. But there's one thing that, that, that it does possess uh, by, by meeting him. On his terms, at his place, you're assuring that you're going to have eternal life. See, that, that's the only thing God's interested in is from you and I. He wants to provide us a, he a home in heaven. He, he does not want us, any of us that's here tonight, any of us that's in this community, any of us that's in this town, any of us that's in this county, any of us that's in this state, that's in this nation, that's in this, on this continent, that's in this world. To die and go to a devil's hell. Because he prepared that for the devil and his angels because they rebelled against God. He threw them out. 
And he prepared a place for them, separated them, and put a great gulf between them that they cannot cross. But what he has provided for you and I tonight, and all he wants us to do is to meet him at his place. That he can provide eternal life for you and I. That is his goal. That is what the two men that, that, uh, that were possessed of the devils, they were bound for a devil's hell because they were possessed of the devil until they met Jesus. And when they met Jesus, they were changed. He changes things. He changed the storm. And what I was going to read, about uh, ten lepers. Ten more lepers that were there. And they were all lepers. But one day, those ten lepers met Jesus. They met him. And as they walked away, they became whole. But one of them saw his condition and saw that I ain't no leopard no more. But he came back to Jesus. And he worshipped him. And he thanked him. Because he had cleansed him of, his, of, uh, of the leprosy that had possessed him. He had met Jesus. And he came back and, and, uh, and met him again. To thank him this time. Not to come because he had an ailment. But because he was whole. There's a lot of times that. See I read about those that came to Jesus. Because they had needs. And we all have needs. But there are those occasions that we need to come to, to meet him. To thank him for what he's already done in our lives. And sometimes that's all that we need to do is come and thank him. Because he died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And if we'll meet him at his place. See God will go. That's the song with these songs. If you'll take one step, he'll take two. He will. If it takes him taking a thousand steps to your one, he will. But he wants you to meet him at his designated area. At the place that he has. The place that he is put forward. He wants you to come to his place. He wants you to meet him at his place. There was a woman one day that was at a, at a well, and I must hurry. And uh, she was there gathering water, as she always did. He came by one day. Some, some man came by there. He began to talk to her. And he began to tell her what she, what she was, what she had done, all about her. God knows all about you and I tonight. And if it's to his advantage and if it's for his uh, will to reveal our, our, uh, our shortcomings and our sins, he will. If it's necessary. And, uh, and so he, he presented himself to this woman. And he told her about uh, that she was drawing water. And he said, I could offer you waters, uh, rivers of living water. That you would never thirst again. Because uh, you know, then he began to tell who uh, things about him. And then when she left him. See she had met a man that, 
She never had known and never had told her things had told him. So she ran and told everybody that there was a man who told him all about herself and everything about her. But she met somebody. She met one that, that was going there and he told her everything that, that, uh, uh, that was going on. But she met Jesus that day. She met him at that well, at his appointed place, at his designated area, at the place that, that uh, it would be. See, uh, Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was going down the road there to persecute the church, do all the things that, uh, uh, that he had the papers to do. I mean, he had the papers there in his hand, right here, going down to Damascus, arrest some more people for uh, serving this God. Had the papers, proud of what he was doing, thought he was doing a good job at it. Something happened down that road to Damascus. He met something down on that road. That was, see, he wasn't looking for this road. I mean, he wasn't looking for this that, uh, he was, that was on his road. He was going down to persecute. He was going down to throw in prison. He wasn't looking for this. But the next thing you know, there was a bright light came down, put him to his knees, closed his eyes, and he told him. And, uh, and the, you know, the word goes on to say that uh, he told Saul, Saul says, why thou persecutest me? Why thou kickest against the pricks? And what that means is that there was uh, prongs uh, that they had for, for the horses. That every time that they would get too, uh, too close to it, it would stick them. And so he was going totally against what he needed. He was going the opposite direction. Of where, but see, he met Jesus that day. See, he met him that day. He was at the place God had ordained and that God had placed. He met him there and at God's place. And, uh, and he chose him to go and do a work for him. And we know all the things and all the, uh, uh, the uh, trials and the troubles and all that. But we also know of all the writings that Paul did. When he met Jesus, he became a changed man. He wasn't the same as he was then. He was totally different. Absolutely 180 degree turnaround. Instead of going to Damascus to, per, to uh, persecute, he wound up going and receiving something greater to call him to preach and to go and to preach the Word of God. He was totally changed around. He totally went the opposite direction in which he did because he met Jesus. Every case that I read here and everything that we discussed, we saw a turnaround when somebody meets Jesus. You'll not be the same when you meet Jesus. You'll not uh, uh, go the same direction when you meet Jesus. And the, and, uh, and the world can realize that, that uh, when, they, when they meet Jesus, if they don't meet him down here, and they stand before him in, in judgment, and, when they, and, and one thing that's guaranteed, everybody's going to meet him. One way or the other, now or later. And for us to have done met him, we're going to look forward to the next meeting with him. But to those that have not met him, they're not going to be very anxious to meet him when they meet him. 
They're not going to be wanting to meet him when they meet him. So the opportunity is now for us to meet the Lord. The opportunity is now for us to get what we need from God. And if nothing else is to get closer to the Lord, uh, then, uh, then I need to do that. I need to meet the Lord on his terms to get closer than I am to him uh, tonight. You and I both can stand uh, another meeting with the Lord. We can stand an opportunity to get closer to him. And we can uh, be uh, uh, willing to do what he would have for us to do. If we meet the Lord this night in this place, that God can move and bless in a way that he can uh, uh, benefit you and I when we meet the Lord. Those that had the, uh, the demons when they met the Lord. The ten leopards when they met the Lord. The storm when it met the Lord. The centurion when he met the Lord. The woman at the, at the well when she met the Lord. The, uh, the woman with the issue of blood when she met the Lord. It goes on and on. It's, it's, a, it's a never ceasing. There are those that could testify uh, in, uh, in, in the last few, few uh, weeks that they've met the Lord. That they've come in contact with Him. Tonight, there are some of us here tonight that say that they've come in contact, that they met the Lord. He came by tonight and visited them through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Ghost. Every opportunity that we have, God uh, wants us to meet Him. And we can get closer to Him. And it's important that we get close to Him. Uh, it, it isn't important because of the, uh, the day and the hour we're living in. Because we know that the, uh, the enemy, or that Peter who said he goes about to and fro as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he can't devour you if you got the Lord. He can't touch us to do uh, 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 the things of destruction. Oh, we'll have our trials, we'll have our heartaches, we'll have troubles. We'll, we'll be times that we'll suffer because he said that we will suffer with the Lord. And uh, we'll have situations arise that don't go well for us. But if we'll meet the Lord, he says that he'll take the same temptation, make a way of escape when we meet the Lord. He said that he'll make a way that we can go through the trials and the troubles and the tribulations if we meet the Lord. And when we reach the point to where that we can find him and reach him and meet him at his terms, we'll find that we can meet the Lord. Would it be all right? I don't want to take over the service. Right now, someone would give us a song. Or if you just like to pray yourself. We'd come and let's gather and let's meet the Lord for your needs. If you got a need tonight, see, that centurion didn't come on his behalf. He came on the behalf of another. But he met the Lord for someone else who couldn't be there. See, and uh, uh, remember the, 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 uh, the rich young ruler? Remember those that are like him that their possessions is too great for them to come and meet the Lord. You know, sometimes we got to pray for them. That they realize that those possessions are going to pass away. They're going to burn. 
They're, they're, going, they're, they're going to decay. They're going to rust. They're going to rot. They're going to soon vanish away. The pleasures of this world is for a season, and then they're gone. But life in the Lord is eternal. Damnation in hell is eternal. Those are the two most important factors that when we come and meet the Lord. Everything else has no meaning. But if we'll come to the Lord, and if we'll meet Him, and come on His terms, too many, and too many churches now are founded on, on, uh, on terms that they have set. And God's not in those because that they didn't meet His terms and they didn't come on His conditions. They, made it on, they, they, just, they developed it on their own. See, the rich young ruler went away because he determined that I could do without that. I don't need, I can't do that. But if we'll meet the Lord, if we'll meet the Lord, He'll change things. Everything I read about it, He changed. Jesus changed every situation. You read the whole Word of God. Every time that God was in the midst of it, something changed. And there were some times that because of disobedience, God changed it the other direction. But it was only because of man's disobedience. And it was only because man decided that I'm going to do it another way than what God wants to. You can ask any of the old prophets if you could ask them about things that uh, uh, went. And you can ask the kings of old uh, what would happen if, could you ask Saul tonight, if, if Saul, if God had given an opportunity for Saul to stand before and say one thing, what would you have done different, Saul? He said, I would have obeyed God and not, took and not taken what I was not supposed to from the battlefield. He had good intentions, but it wasn't what God wanted. See, if we meet God and if we do what God would say. And if you would like to, come just for a few minutes and we'll be dismissed. Come and gather around and pray just for a little while that we'll meet God.